Hey, what's going on, Who That Nation? It is yours truly, TJ Jones. And yes, I am the host of the State of the Saints podcast. Thank you so much for checking out the State of the Saints podcast, where we talk New Orleans Saints. Thank you so much for spending a little bit of time with yours truly. Shouts out to everybody in the chat. Shouts out to everyone listening around the country and around the world. Really do appreciate that. Uh, before we get started, just want to remind everyone on tomorrow, the State of the Saints podcast, we have an interview with Emory Hunt of CVS Sports. Uh, so you don't want to miss that. That's going to take place around 2.30 Eastern time. So be sure uh, that you check out the interview with Emory Hunt. Um, some of you may know who he is. Uh, if you follow CBS Sports, uh, he is a, a New Orleanian. Uh, he was born and raised in New Orleans, a product of McMain High School. So Definitely like to chop it up with individuals that are from the city and understand the culture. So uh, be sure to check out on tomorrow uh, the interview with Emory Hunt. Also, I ask that you hit the like button. If you enjoy the State of the Saints podcast and the content, uh, please hit that like button. Shouts out to everybody that donate during the show. You can donate uh, with the Super Chats. And also, uh, if you want to subscribe to the show, um, you can hit that subscription button. If you're on the fence, hopefully by the end of the show, uh, you won't be, and you hit that subscription button. Uh, we are really, really close to hitting 10,000 subscribers, so uh, really need your help in that regard if you have not subscribed or if you're a frequent listener of the podcast and hasn't haven't hit the, the subscription button, which I don't understand. But anyway, let's go ahead and get started. Let's talk about uh, why we're here. Uh, the topic of the show on today is uh, what free agent receivers can, imp- can help the Saints improve their offense. Now, we know the Saints are taking a step in the right direction. Um, They signed Derek Carr, uh, the quarterback from the Las Vegas Raiders. They signed him to a four-year, $150 million deal, $100 million in guaranteed money, uh, $70 million uh, when he signs that paper, when he signs the dotted line. So they definitely papered up Derek Carr because they believe in Derek Carr. They believe in his ability. They believe in the things that he can bring to the team And uh, you have to admit, even if you're not the biggest Derek Carr fan, I will continue to say this. He gives the Saints a better chance of winning by him just being on a team, right? And also, uh, by him being on a team, it attracts other potential wide receivers that may be looking in another direction. I don't think people understand this. You know, guys want to play for guys that can get them the football that they believe can get them the football. Yes, they want to win, but from a personal standpoint, these guys want to show the NFL what they can do. And what better way 
to show the NFL what you can do if you have a quarterback that can get you the football. Derek Carr can't get some of these free agents the football that are out there. We've seen him get the ball to Devontae Adams, and Devontae Adams had a really good season. And he's also got the ball to Darren Waller, who uh, emerged as a top tight end when he was healthy. Uh, Hunter Winthro, a, a really good slot receiver. And the list goes on and on. So by him coming to the New Orleans Saints, it can attract other guys, right? And, and have those guys willing to maybe come to the New Orleans Saints. I said this on Twitter on yesterday, and some people got upset with it. And, you know, I, I was mentioning Odell Beckham Jr., who some of you probably seen on the thumbnail. And I mentioned that Odell Beckham Jr., probably would consider the New Orleans Saints more now than he has in years past. And, of course, you know, some people got upset and they got, you know, mad about, you know, me not mentioning Jameis Winston. But if you look at the timeline, the stars never aligned during the time when Jameis Winston was healthy and Odell Beckham Jr. was seeking a team or, uh, you know, Odell Beckham was seeking a team or Jameis Winston was hurt. So, of course, I wasn't talking about him. But if you look at the state of the Saints, no pun intended, during those times, you will actually see that the New Orleans Saints were kind of going through the motions. And it wasn't a very attractive spot during that time if you are a wide receiver trying to find a team and, and trying to find a way where you can actually show your skills and ability on the field. And uh, I just think that with Derek Carr signing with the New Orleans Saints, you might be able to get some of those guys that may have turned the other way because they felt like your your quarterback situation wasn't good enough. Three guys that I look at right now, right offhand. I mean, before the show, uh, it probably would have been two. Uh, it would have been Braxton Berrios and it would have been Odell Beckham Jr. But now that we're here, that more, more than likely Adam Thielen is going to leave the Minnesota Vikings, which is, I know it, it has to be kind of weird for him this is a guy that was born and raised uh, in Minneapolis, uh, having an opportunity to play for your hometown team and not only play for your hometown team, be one of the best receivers they had in their franchise history. Look, Adam Thielen is an incredible talent. I don't need to tell anybody that. Uh, we've seen Adam Thielen uh, get the best of some of the best cornerbacks the Saints have, and that's including Marshawn Lattimore. I know we remember that, that catch that he caught behind the neck of Marshawn Lattimore. I mean, Adam Thielen checks all the boxes. He's a really good route runner. Uh, he put up 70 receptions for 716 yards and six touchdowns last season. He's 32 years old. He's a little bit older in age. So I don't think that Adam Thielen going to a team, a team would expect for him to be the Adam Thielen of old, where he was, uh, you know, the guy that was leading the team in receiving yards and leading a team in receptions. They kind of passed the torch to Justin Jefferson in that regard. And as you can see, Justin Jefferson, uh, a top wide receiver in the league, definitely is a really good uh, wide receiver. And here's the thing. You know, a lot of, the, a lot of us Saints fans um, are, you know, we, we throw these little nuggets out here. We throw these little thoughts. And I just think that you need to pay attention and understand where this team is as far as the wide receiver position. See, some of you, when these guys' names come up, you think about these guys going for 1,000 yards. I'm not looking at it that way, and neither should you. The New Orleans Saints already have their number one receiver. If it ain't Michael Thomas, more than likely it's going to be Chris Olave. 
So why would I be trying to go out here trying to find somebody that I know that, you know, is not going to be the number one receiver? Some of you think that if a guy does not fit a number one receiver mode, then he is, isn't worth your time. You still need other guys that can be able to get the ball when your number one receiver is being double covered. And even though Adam Thielen isn't the old Adam Thielen, he isn't going to be the guy that's going to be your number one receiver. But at the same time, if something was to happen to Chris Olave, let's say if he misses a game like he did, he missed a couple games last year, you can have somebody that can come in that can be productive for that particular game. I don't understand like why people just think that, oh, when you start throwing names out there, they think about, oh, this guy, he, he needs to go for 1,700 yards or 1,500 yards. That's just not the case, right? You still need guys that could, you know, get the production you know, if a uh, number one wide receiver is being double covered or getting the most of the attention. And Adam Thielen definitely can do that. I mean, 70 receptions. I mean, who, sneeze, who, who sneezes at that? Who looks past a guy that has seven, 70 receptions? Who has 700 yards and six touchdowns? That's production right there. That's not number one receiver production because he doesn't have to be. Because we know that Justin Jefferson has emerged as that number one receiver. So why are we looking at Adam Thielen as if we need him to go for 1,500 yards? And if he can't do that, then he's not good enough. Another guy that I, I want to talk about is Braxton Berrios. Braxton Berrios, one of the most underrated slot receivers in all of football. Uh, the reason why he didn't get as much, uh, you know, production last year, because you had Elijah Mitchell out there, you had Garrett Wilson out there, you had C.J. Uzama out there, you had all that different talent on that side of the ball, and he kind of takes a back seat because he wasn't their first choice. This is a guy that was drafted by the New England Patriots in a late round a couple of years back, and he's a guy who got a two-year deal, but that two-year deal came from him mostly playing on special teams. But if you watch Braxton Berrios, which I know some people really probably don't, if you watch this guy, the guy is still productive. He gets busy. And you think about this. If you're trying to push Rashid Shaheed into that number two, number three spot, you're probably going to need somebody that's going to return kicks. And I like Rashid Shaheed, and he does a lot of great things. I mean, but I'm pretty sure if you go to Rashid Shaheed and say, you know what, we're going to take away a little bit of you returning kicks and punts, and we're going to, you know, give you more opportunities to be a receiver, I'm pretty sure he'll gladly give that over. And if you can have a guy like Braxton Berrios who can kind of help you flip the field and also be a little bit of a spark sometimes, you know, on third down, being able to get it because of his crisp route running his ability, I'll take that, right? Once again, a guy does not have to go for 1,000 or 1,300 yards in order for somebody to be, you know, to matter for a team. And I just think that when some people are talking about wide receivers, when they always shaking their head no and talking about this ain't it, I think that's what they look at. But you don't have to do that, especially when you have guys that are capable of doing it. So I'm looking at these guys as maybe – role players at this stage of their career, guys that can kind of fill a void that's there, and also uh, a guy that can maybe step up when necessary if one of your top receivers is out. And, of course, you have to mention Odell Beckham Jr., who I feel, um, you know, wanted to come to the Saints a couple of years ago. I think he wanted to come to the Saints, but 
You look at the Saints quarterback situation. I mean, honestly, you have a choice of playing for the Rams out in Los Angeles. Matthew Stafford with a big arm throwing you the football. You can choose that or playing with Trevor Simeon. Like, give me a freaking break. I mean, that that was a no-brainer right there. Guys want to play with individuals that they feel can get them the football. And Odell Beckham made the best choice of his career because he ended up getting the Super Bowl out the deal. Odell Beckham Jr. already has been established as a really good receiver. And now that he has a Super Bowl championship, he can kind of rest on his laurels a little bit, you know, because now you can go out here and, you know, have a little bit of a victory tour. The guy is from New Orleans. The guy, you know, grew up watching the New Orleans Saints. So it could be one of those things that's on his bucket list to have an opportunity to play for his hometown team. It's not like he's chasing a Super Bowl anymore. He's got one. It's not like he's just chasing accolades because our people already look at him as one of the best receivers to play the game. So maybe it'll be more appealing for him to play for the New Orleans Saints to be able to have a quarterback like Derek Carr that can get him the football and he can put on for a city. I think Jarvis Landry, that's one of the reasons he wanted to come to New Orleans, right? Because Jameis Winston can get him the football. It didn't work out, of course, because he had, uh, you know, had these injuries. And I also feel like the fact that Jameis went down, it made a lot of guys make more business decisions than than anything. I'm, I'm just being real, you know, but I think that Odell Beckham Jr. playing for the New Orleans Saints can be realistic, especially with a guy like Derek Carr being your quarterback a guy that's accurate, a guy that's going to get you the ball, and a guy that's going to count on you to make plays and going to allow you to shine. So those are some guys that I look at and I think that would be really good fits. Now, when it comes to Adam Thielen, if you look at Adam Thielen's production, he didn't fall off a cliff. He took a step back, but it wasn't really his fault. It was mostly because of Justin Jefferson's emergence. But, you know, Adam Thielen probably made price himself out of uh, you know, the Saints range, you know, I think he might be, you know, one of those guys that may be, you know, looking for a certain amount of money or still can get a certain amount of money, even though he's 32 years old. I can see him with the Chiefs. You know, I can see him playing for the Broncos. I can see him playing for some of these other teams out there. Heck, even, you know, even like one of the teams in the South, maybe like the Atlanta Falcons. Like I can actually see him playing for a team like that. So even though, you know, Adam Thielen, is still up there in age, he still gets busy. And I think that because of that, teams might be more willing to open up their checkbook to be able to sign a guy like Adam Thielen and may price him out of the Saints, uh, you know, range. So these are some guys that I'm looking at, think they would be good fits. There's a couple guys that also fit that mode, but I'm just saying out of these three, I just think that they, they can kind of come in and give you the production that you're looking for, especially – you know, what the wide receiver group that you have right now. But let me go ahead and read some of your comments and go from there. Says, I asked uh, Deuce Wenham on his podcast, uh, what he thinks on your take on moving Penny to guard, uh, guard and drafting the left tackle. He said, I think this is one of the worst things I ever heard. I hate that idea so much. Well, I mean, look, that's that's fine. I have no problem with, I have no problem with that opinion at all. Look, I'm not, I'm not sitting up here acting like my words are gospel. You know, I'm not sitting up here like getting all in my feelings because somebody don't agree with what I'm saying. I don't care. You know what I'm saying? Like everybody has their opinion and he has a right to his, his opinion. And 
that there's that you know like I, i'm not one of those emotional people that care so much about the things that i say that i'm not open to other people's points and views so that's just me i just feel like you know he the way that he plays the position i think that he would be more well suited on the inside i mean that's just it that's not going to change my mind because somebody says it's the worst take that they ever heard if that's the case you know but at the end of the day i mean i still feel that way it's not going to change my opinions or my views about the game at all right i still feel that way if they were to do that um you know i'll i'll be okay with it if they didn't do it i still would be okay with it so there you go um let's see uh i think we're going at wide receiver for now uh i don't know if we're talking about wide receivers as far as the draft or we're talking about going at wide receivers as far as free agents uh Allen robinson is another one yeah Allen robinson definitely is uh another one that you can kind of look at and be like okay he can fit on the team i just think that you know the rams didn't really do a good job at finding um finding a good spot for adam Allen robinson i just think that he always kind of was lost in limbo so hopefully you know maybe they can find something for him you know if they decide to bring him back uh, Darius Slayton, uh, Nico Hartman would be a good pickup in my opinion. Yeah, Darius Slayton, uh, I think that, you know, he's a really good underneath guy. Nico Hartman is a guy you can do a little bit more with because of his speed. Uh, yeah, those are two guys that can really, you know, come in and, and make some noise. And you can line them up in different uh, ways and, and they can be able to make plays, especially a guy like Nico Hartman. Uh, what do you think we're going to do with Hardy? I think that Deontay Hardy is on his way out. Um, I'm pretty sure he's going to find a team. Uh, he has a really good skill set. Um, I think he's going to go to a team that can really use uh, his ability and his skills. And I think it's going to be able to shine through. I don't think anything was ever wrong uh, with Deontay Hardy. I just think that people look at his size. They look how small he is. And when guys are that size, it, it's, it's easy for them to get overlooked. And teams are always looking for guys that have a certain size at the wide receiver position. So if you're not just out there balling out, balling really, really hard, you're always going to get pushed down the depth chart. That's the way I feel about Braxton Berrios. He's not the biggest guy in the world, and you can find some guys that can run at 4-4-4-3 four, 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 that may be a little bit bigger than he is. You're going to choose that guy every time because, you know, there's that saying, this is a big man's game. Football is a big man's game. So that there you go. TJ, would you keep Jarvis Landry? No, I would not. I would not keep Jarvis Landry. Uh, Jarvis Landry, to me, um, you know, has dealt with a whole bunch of injuries. Uh, I think that, you know, he, I mean, but outside of that week one game, he's gone missing, and there's been times where he was actually out there. I just think that, you know, it just hasn't been a really good fit uh, with the New Orleans Saints and Jarvis Landry. So I, I, would, I would move on from him. A. Robinson or a Lazar. Yeah, Alan Lazard could be a good fit, you know, if the Saints want to go that route. But no disrespect to Alan Lazard, but I do feel like you can find the guy with that type of skill set in the draft. You know, I really do. I think you can find the guy with that skill set in, in the NFL draft. So if you don't want to pay uh, market that, that market value for a guy like Alan Lazard, who is going to uh, cost you a pretty penny for you to sign, you can always get a guy in the draft that you can develop to be uh, Alan Lazard type receiver. Uh, Matthew Stafford and A Rod out of the NFC. I, I wonder where Carr ranks now. 
I just hope Lamar don't come to the NFC, especially South, but this is a wide open conference. I'd rather uh, my organization retool instead of rebuild. Yeah, I mean, look, that look, I, I think that you look at Matthew Stafford, been in the NFC his entire career. You look at Aaron Rodgers, been in the NFC his entire career. Um, Derek Carr coming in, you know, I, I've ever, I definitely think that Derek Carr, if you look around the NFC, he's a top five quarterback. I mean, among the quarterbacks that's in the division, if you look around and see. So he definitely makes the Saints better. He makes the Saints a contender, especially in the NFC South. So, yeah, he, he's definitely in there. You got to put him in. Uh, I like Hartman, uh, too. He is fast. No Beckham. We just dealt with Landry barely playing. But that don't mean that's an indication of what uh, uh, Jarvis Landry is going to be. You can't say, oh, you know what I'm saying, because Jarvis Landry was here. He'll come, you know, he'll come Odell Beckham Jr. It's going to happen the same way. You don't know. I mean, sometimes the, the, the stars can align a certain way. And sometimes, you know, like you can get lucky and, you know, find that success. I mean, for a while, I mean, with the Rams, Odell Beckham Jr., he was cooking, especially in the postseason. Right. When he started to kind of find his footing, like it, it started to work out for him. So and on top of that, <clears throat> I mean, Odell Beckham Jr. to me is better than Jarvis Landry. Like, I, I mean, not to say that Jarvis Landry is bad, but I just think as an overall receiver, I just think that Odell Beckham is better. So I do feel like it's a little bit of an upgrade at the at the receiver position uh, for Odell than it is for Beckham. Uh, trade Jameis for Darren Waller. Who going to give you that type of trade? I, I just want to know, Alex, who is going to give you that type of trade besides, you know, I don't know, 2K with the trade logic off? Like, who who going to do that? Nobody is going to, like, I, 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 I don't know if we joking or we being serious, but I don't understand why people just feel like, like, you can just throw trash at a team for a guy that's a quality guy. Like, I don't, I, I ain't saying that, James is trash. I just, I'm just saying, I'm, I'm saying it in a way like individuals that fans don't want, right? Or they just feel like, oh, we ain't got no use for them. Let's just give them for this player right here who has the potential to be an All Pro. Like, come on, man. Ain't nobody gonna give you. Ain't nobody gonna give you no Darren Waller for no James Winston. That's just not gonna happen. No, like I said once again, I'm not calling James trash. I'm just saying like we look at it as fans, like. If we ain't got no use for a guy, well, let's let's trade him for Patrick Mahomes. Like, what, are you kidding me? Uh, why I don't hear about Jarvis Landry, is he still on the roster? No, he's not. <clears throat> Jarvis Landry signed a one-year deal, so he is a free agent. That's why, that's why you ain't hearing about him. Uh, if we got Odell, do you think there's a way we can keep Mike T? Yeah. I think that, you know, if Mike T is being realistic, and being and being serious about where he is right now, I think he has to look at his career and, and realize and see that you know things ain't been working out for the last couple of years, right? And you got to be real with yourself. Like you've been dealing with these injuries, so if you want to come back to the Saints, if you want to play, I think you have to restructure your deal, right? I think it's only fair. You know, you haven't been out there and you getting hand over fist with bread, and you kind of haven't been playing, so. I think there's a way you can negotiate your contract. And I think that if the Saints want to protect themselves, I think you should understand that because I don't think any other team won't will would sign Michael Thomas without protecting themselves 
from what they've seen over the last two and a half years. Carr wasn't my first choice, but he does stay healthy. Well, that's a, that's a plus. And we know that the quarterback position help has been an issue over the last couple of years. Draft a wide receiver later or trade a third or fourth for Hopkins. Uh, you're not like, nah, then like you're going to have to give up at least a second round pick for a guy like DeAndre Hopkins. You're not going to get, ain't no team going to get, you no know, third, no fourth for no DeAndre Hopkins. That, that ain't happening. And then on top of that, you know, he still considers himself as one of the top receivers in the league. So you're just not going to be able to get this dude for pennies. You know, like they're, they're just that simple. And um, like I said, I think the guy is still looked at as one of the top receivers in the league. And his, his production, you know, proves it. I mean, it didn't do anything last year because he missed about six games uh, because he was suspended. But we still know what he can actually do. Uh, let's see. I was thinking Robbie would be a good fit for us. Yeah, Robbie Anderson. I think that he would be a good down the field threat. But when you look at guys like Olave, when you look at guys like Shahid, um, you don't really need a downfield threat. Uh, let's see. Brian Russell, if the Saints don't fix that old line, Carr going to get injured too. Yep. It's all about, uh, you know, fixing the offensive line. It's all about fixing the offensive line. Uh, Saints can't possibly screw up 29 pick if we keep it. Long as we go offensive line, defensive line of Gibbs or Bijan, offensive line, not a flashy pick, but people would appreciate it when it helps open up things for the flashy players. Yeah, nobody really likes going after offensive linemen. People talk about how they just get tired. It's because people don't really have an appreciation for the offensive line like you do a wide receiver, a quarterback, or a running back, or one of these skilled positions that guys just doing all these athletic feats or you know, making things to make us stand up. Like nobody really stands up, you know, when somebody just completely mauls somebody because we probably didn't even pay attention to them getting mauled. You know, like we pay more attention to the quarterback having the ball, dishing it off to the running back, throwing the ball to the receiver. Those are the the ones that are glamified. You know what I'm saying? Those are the positions that we glam that are glamorous positions that we pay attention to. But if you don't have an offensive line, uh, you know, you know, you ain't got nothing at the end of the day. Uh, the O-line just needs tweaking, get rid of Pete, and get a good uh, lineman in the draft and some depth guys. I mean, yeah, that, that'll be fine, you know. Let's see. Deuce blocked us because we were shouting out all the other family members whom have a channel, including SOTS. Well, look, man, I, I, don't, I don't get into that type of stuff, man. I got love for everybody. And I, I, like I said, I don't look at my words being gospel. I just love doing this show. Like, I don't know what people just think. Like, I know people, I mean, I know where I'm at as far as God blessing me. And sometimes when God blesses you, people don't like the blessings that you receive. I, I can't I can't be responsible for that. And sometimes, you know, they want to back you into a corner or try to make you say something like, I got respect for everybody. I got love for everybody. Um, at the end of the day, we just love our team. And by no means do I sit up here and just make it seem like my words are gospel. And if I do, it's probably because I got so much passion behind what I'm saying. But I'm always open to, you know, changing my mind. I'm not I'm not going to spend hours on in going back and forth with individuals that I'm not going to be able to change their mind. And, you know, I, you know, at the end of the day, like I said, we all just doing something that we love to do. So 
I, I, that's 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 just the way I look at it, man. I'm too blessed to be sitting up here, you know, caring about you know things that don't even really matter at the end of the day. Like we all just, you we all love this football team for the most part, so we all just want them to succeed. How we want them to succeed is going to, probably going to be different, right? But at the end of the day, like we that's the ultimate goal. Let's see. Uh, I meant we're good at wide receiver for now. Look, Jerry, I, I look, I, I know people have been saying this, but if you've been looking at the wide receiver position over the last couple of years, like how can you how can you feel that way? How can you feel like we good? Like we thought that last year, right? We got Michael Thomas, we got Jarvis Landry, we got Chris Olave. We good, right? Ain't that what we said? And then all of a sudden the the you know it started crumbling. Michael Thomas got hurt, Jarvis Landry got hurt. Then we count on Chris Olave to be that number one guy. <clears throat> he was out with a concussion. We have been trying to count on Marquez Calloway and Traquan Smith. So to me, I don't like people that what, what's that old saying? They said people that don't learn from history is doomed to repeat it. Right. So if you are, you know, not learning that over the last couple of years, you've been having issues with the wide receiver position to me. You can never have too many bodies. You can never have too many really good receivers to play that position, right? So if you can bring back Michael Thomas on somehow on a contract, you can keep Chris Olave. You can build where Rashid Shaheed. And then on the other hand, you can probably add an Adam Thielen to the roster, or add a ba- Braxton Berrios or Odell. Look, I'm all for it because, look, I ra- look, I'd rather the team be too deep or versus not being deep enough and i just think that we've fallen into that over the last three years and i i don't want to do that so you you gotta be you gotta you gotta be prepared it's almost like okay i'll give you an example a couple of years ago me and my friends went down to miami for the first time we went down there for the first time we went down there and we rented a car right we rented a rented a car when we got to miami and when I rent a car, you know, the you know, the car rental is about six, seven hundred dollars. Yeah, y'all, you get it, right? So you gotta have six, seven hundred dollars to rent. Then everywhere you go, you know, you gotta pay for parking. You gotta pay for parking, you know, when it comes to like parking in, in the hotel, paying for parking if you're trying to go to the beach, paying for parking if you're trying to, you know, go eat at a restaurant, and you just realize how ridiculous it was. And you 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 get off the plane in Fort Lauderdale, which is like 25, 30 minutes from Miami. Just take a freaking Uber, right? We learned our lesson. We didn't, we, now that we go and we visit Miami, we don't rent cars anymore, right? You save a lot of money because you don't have to worry about parking a car. You don't have to worry about valet. You ain't got to worry about renting it, right? That, that could be money to go towards having an even better time. You got to learn from the mistakes that you make. You got to correct those mistakes. And that's how you're able to live better. You're able to, you know, not overexert yourself and you can actually enjoy yourself. So adding to this, this, this team at the receiver position, I feel like you should be willing to do that because you've seen over the last couple of years how tough it's been to keep guys upright. Uh, Brian, thank you very much for the $5. Says, could imagine McBride and Spears in the Saints uh, in the same backfield. Wow. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that would be pretty cool. But I don't know, man. I think uh, Ty J. Spears, 
I think he might end up going to another team because that guy is really, really talented. Saints also need some D-line help bad, in my opinion. I agree with that. But this is a deep draft for defensive linemen. I mentioned that on yesterday's episode or last episode. Um, you know, uh, this is a deep. This is deep for the draft. Uh, but offensive linemen, it is not. So you got to strike while the iron is hot. Keenan Lewis, another old injury-prone vet, well past his prime. <laughs> draft Darnell Washington at a, a tight end with him and Johnson together. The red zone targets uh, would be crazy. Also sign Mike back. And see what's up with OBJ. Yeah, I like Darnell Washington, man. I got an opportunity to interview him at the combine. I mean, this guy's like really physically imposing, like you see this guy up close. So uh yeah, he can be a monster for you. And we know that uh Derek Carr um can get him the football. We've seen it with Darren Waller, but I don't want to say just because it's working with Darren Waller means it's gonna work with Darnell Washington. Darnell Washington is is a better blocker to me than Darren Waller, but he's still uh, has some work that he needs to do when it comes to his pass catching, even though I think he is a freak of nature. He he has the talent to be a really good, dangerous uh, tight end if he goes to the right team. Adding a power back is cool, but it's not a, a necessary as people think. Taysom and Eno are still on the team. I want weapons to take pressure off Carr, draft a running back, and big body wide receiver Mike T. Uh, yeah, uh, Lave and J.J., uh would be great yeah i mean look i i think that trying to get a power back that, that that's good you know but i also wouldn't mind a power back that can be a three down back because I, i'm i understand that the saints are going to use Taysom. i understand they're going if they keep eno benjamin which i don't see no no reason why you wouldn't do pretty good if you get yourself a young guy that can be that three down back and, and take the place of Camaro, who more than likely is going to miss some time. I think that that'll be a plus. And then when Alvin comes back, you have yourself a really good one, two punch. If you don't want to uh, go with Eno Benjamin. So I do feel like if B John Robinson is there in the first round, uh, you, you take him. I, I doubt if he's going to be there with all the teams that need talented running backs. Uh, I can see the Cowboys snatching them up. Uh, I can see Tampa snatching them up. Um, I can see uh, the Los, uh, I can see the Los Angeles Rams. No, not the Rams. Los Angeles Chargers snatching them up. Believe it or not, there's some teams out there that really want to run the football. And I think along with him and Austin Eckler, my goodness, that that'll be a really good one-two punch for a guy like Justin Herbert. So you, you gotta, you gotta go through an obstacle course in order for him to get to the Saints. I can tell you that. And that obstacle course can be pretty tough. So it's, you know, I, I don't know if they're saying to get him, but if he's there, I don't care what you were drafting. I think you need to pick him up because he has uh, cornerstone talent. Uh, let's see. I hate you, TJ. Why you uh, having so much success and I ain't? It ain't fair, man. <laughs> man, look, all the, look, everybody, everybody on here, man, I appreciate everybody here. You know, I, I'm not one of those people that just get so full of myself that I don't, look at the individuals that believed in me, you know, and believed in this show and, and constantly watch this show, you know, and man, and I work hard, you know, I'm, I'm just being real, you know, I work hard. Like I, I do a lot of things behind the scene to make sure that this show is as successful as it possibly can. I mean, I hear a lot of no's. Um, there's a lot of risks that I try to take and sometimes they don't pan out, but I love what I do and I'm passionate about it. And, um, 
I'm not where I want to be, you know, as far as where the show, why I want the show to go, but we going in the right direction, man. And I'm happy about that. And, um, uh, I'm enjoying doing this. Like I, I really have been enjoying doing this, uh, for quite some time. Like at, you know, there was a time I'm gonna be honest. I felt like it was a, becoming a little bit of work, but that was mostly because I was mostly in my head, but now, you know, I'm just enjoying it. I'm, I'm enjoying this show and I'm enjoying doing it. And, uh, I'm happy. Uh, I did a post Wednesday on my channel saying, don't let idiots ruin your day, especially trolls. Yeah. And ain't nobody going to ruin my day. Hey, I, I understand what, I understand what happened. You know, I understand where, you know, sometimes God can bless you and people can come in and they don't, they don't like the fact that you're being blessed. So they try to, you know, step on your blessing or they try to knock over your blessing, but you can't, you know, you, you can't, destroy what God put together, you know, no matter what you're doing in life, like nobody can destroy that. Nobody can take away something that God has in store for you. Always remember that folks. Like, no, can't nobody take that. You can have people up here hating. You can have people that talk about, man, I, I can do this better than you, this, that, and the third, but you, you can't block a person's blessing. If God has put an anointing on your life, right? You, you can't. So if you believe in what you're doing and you're passionate about what you're doing, how can anybody possibly knock you over, right? If you if you are a strong tower for what you believe in, how? You can't. <laughs> uh, TJ, what running back should uh, we get via draft or free agency to supplement for AK? Um, man, they got quite a few out there. But if if, if I'm being real, I would I would say Gibbs uh, from Alabama. I would say Kenny McIntosh from Georgia. Uh, these are some guys that you can probably get in some late rounds. Uh, Tajay Spears can be another guy uh, that you can get in one of the later rounds. I mean, you, you got, um, what's the guy named? Eric, uh, what is it, Eric Davis? Eric Davis from um, Oklahoma. I could be getting his name wrong. Uh, but yeah, there's some guys out there that the Saints can can draft in later rounds that can come in and, and make some noise, all right? So if B. John Robinson is off the board, all is not lost, right? They still got some really good running backs that can make some noise. Trust and believe. Uh, bringing CD back would be cool with May injury suspension, but uh, this draft is deep at safety, and I'm confident in DA when it comes to DBs. I agree with that. Uh, we need help uh, in the trenches. Uh, that helps secondary covers less. Yeah, I mean, look, they got Ronnie Hickman out there from Ohio State. Uh, he's a pretty good one. Uh, you got uh, – was they Trey Dean, you know, uh, out of Florida, you know, like they got some guys that, that you, that can land, you can land in some of those later rounds too, you know, that can make some noise. I think Ronnie Hickman, uh, dealt with some injuries in, in, in college. Uh, but you know, the thing about it is like, he's so good. Like he has like first round talent when he, when he plays. So, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure wherever he goes, he's going to be one really good pro. Uh, unpopular opinion. Uh, we still need to draft him the hooker. Derek Carr is an option for the next three years, but we need to be grooming the air in, um, in that time. Also, I don't believe in Pete Carmichael. Well, there's a lot of people that don't believe in, in, in Pete, Jay, and you're well within your rights to feel that way. You know, they still have to show that they can develop talent. They still have to show no matter what quarterback they have out there, they can put them in the best position to succeed. You you have to be able to do that. And, um, you know, I, I do think that the Saints, you know, may need to be looking at the quarterback position. You know, I still feel like 
I still feel like they need to go after Hooker, to be honest with you, because once again, I said it earlier, those that, you know, don't acknowledge their history will doom to repeat it, right? So you had Drew Brees, and he was at the twilight of his career, but instead you, you wanted to just drain and zap every little bit of talent that he had out of his body instead of you, like, having a secession plan, right? Having a really good, steady, stable secession plan. And um, if you don't watch out, you'll be end up doing it again. Uh, I turned 40 in September, Josh, maybe 15 years ago. Uh, Saints ain't drafting a quarterback this year, not after spending $150 million on a quarterback. That that's I think a lot of people feel that way. I, I think so too. Um what I'm saying is I would do it. I ain't saying the Saints will uh you know do it. I mean, but I think I agree with you. You know, I don't think that's gonna happen. Lazard would be a nice option, but I'm all for keeping can't guard Mike. I think a lot of people want to keep can't guard Mike, but at the same time, unfortunately, Mike has had some injuries. So you can't just keep on relying on him to be upright because over the last couple of years, it hasn't worked out for you. So you got to take that into account. You can't just be sitting around and be like, okay, man, we got Michael Thomas. Well, you know, you keep on doing that and then it happens again. Like you you got to be able to draft a guy or assign a guy that can be a just in case if you decide to go back to Michael Thomas. Uh, you know, I think it's funny that the Saints haven't had a dog tight end since they screwed over Jimmy Graham karma. Thank the Saints are making more karma with their treatment of Jameis Winston. Well, look, I hope not because I want this team to be successful. And um, I don't need any curses of Bobby Lane's going on around here. Uh, you know, I don't need any of that stuff. I don't need the black cat going around MetLife Stadium going, happening with the New Orleans Saints. Look, I've already had to deal with the fact that they built a stadium on a, uh, what, a graveyard or something like that and had to deal with that. Had to have a voodoo priestess up in that thing trying to exercise the demons outside of the of the Superdome using the hoodoo, the voodoo that she do on the Superdome. I'm good on that, okay? I don't need no more bad mojo from this team. I'm good, right? So hopefully, uh, you know, what happened with Jameis Winston is just unfortunate circumstances and the guys look at it that way because Lord knows. I ain't trying to – I'm not trying to have the curses of Jameis Winston to plague my team for the next 20 years, okay? I want my son to grow up actually liking the Saints, all right? I want him to be like, oh, man, daddy, the Saints some losers, right? I, I want him, I don't want him to feel that way, right? My son walking around the house, he's saying, who that, right? And I want to keep it that way, all right? I want him to say, what's that, right? Meaning the Saints did something that he just wondered to himself, what the heck was that, okay? So let, let's make sure that we don't have no bad mojo going on, uh, you know, and I hope that, you know, the Jameis Winston situation, the guys just say, you know, it's unfortunate, Jameis. Go go, go to another team and, and ball out. Uh, let's see. The landlord, thank you very much for $2, says, please do a call-in show about car. I got thoughts. Well, you know, I, man, I'm going to try to do a, a call-in show uh, soon. Uh, this soundboard that I have does not connect uh, correctly. Um, you're going to end up hearing echoes. I don't know if y'all heard that, like, last episode but um, you know that that issue um is a problem you know i test i test it all the time you know but it's always gonna have like the echo and that's that's not that's not bad i mean that's pretty bad commentary and then i don't want to be like i gotta cut off my mic you gotta cut off your mic like nah, I'm, I'm good on that okay so hopefully i can try to you know get this thing back running or you know 
I plan on like doing some stuff at, at you know um at home, you know, probably be able to have a better chance of doing it. But to be honest with you, you know, I've been doing more shows here at the radio station lately. Probably gonna get back to doing shows probably, you know, around the NFL draft at home more consistently, but yeah, it's just not working, man. The sound just, just ain't working. Uh, TJ is doing a great job with his show. He is patient with me talking my stuff. My dog, look, I, look, everybody's opinion, you know, matters. I, I look, I don't care. Like, I, I'm good at people. Just like, I'm good with people not seeing my point of view. I don't like. Who am I? Like, seriously, who am I to be like, man? Who you think you is? Like, like there are times where. I get information and it does bother me if I get information and I know that something is going to happen and people still kicking against it. Like that's when I probably get upset. Cause I'm like, it's about to happen. I'm, I'm trying to tell you, but when it comes to a person's opinion, like that's your opinion. Like who, who am I to be sitting up here talking about you wrong for having an opinion? Like that's like that. This does not make any sense whatsoever. Like I think some people just get to, caught up in their own hype, get caught up in their own character. But here's the thing, folks. I'm not a character. I'm not. Like, I'm not a character. Like, what y'all see on camera, watching or listening to, this is me. Like, you see me out in the street, this is me. I'm probably a little bit more, like, you know, laid back a little bit, more, you know, because, you know, it's kind of take me a while to kind of warm up to folks at times. But for the most part, I'm me. You know what I'm saying? Like, I ain't trying to be a character or anything like that. So I think sometimes people buy into their own hype. And then all of a sudden, like, you know, they, they feel like they got to have the best takes. And if somebody goes against that, then it's like they trying to take down their empire. Like, man, please. Like, everybody has a right to their own opinion, rather you agree with me or not, you know? Let's see, uh, Abram uh, from uh, Minnesota, McIntyre from Georgia, Bigsby from Georgia. There are some later round running backs that will be available. Yep. And I like Kenny McIntosh because he can run in between the tackles, catch the ball at the backfield, and he can pass protect. That is what you need in a running back. I'm going to scroll down a little bit, folks. Uh, try to read some of the comments that's a little bit uh, later on. Uh, it says, TJ, what's your stance on how the Ravens are handling Lamar Jackson's situation? Hmm, like that, that's interesting right there. Um, first and foremost, I think that is a slap in the face and mad disrespectful to a guy who has won league MVP and a guy that came into the league. Everybody just said, well, maybe you should be a wide receiver. And this man bought into himself and said, I'm a quarterback. Um, he ended up winning a lot of games, right? He wanted what more regular season games than uh, any quarterback in the last, what, three to four seasons. And the guy won league MVP. Uh, the guy, you know, won a playoff game, uh, had a really good win-loss record, has won his division. I don't understand it. You know, the only thing I can I can say about that is people look at Lamar Jackson as more as a gimmick. You know, that's what the team is. They look at him as a gimmick. He's a guy who can run fast. He's elusive. He can throw the football and all that kind of stuff, but they feel it, it's kind of gimmicky, right? It, it, they look at him like it's the Wildcat. Like, you remember when the Wildcat first came into the league, you had Ricky Williams and Ronnie Brown for Miami running that thing, and it was hard to stop. And then the next year, all of a sudden, everybody trying to do the Wildcat, and it just didn't work out. Everybody kind of shut that down. You know, it's kind of you know, it's kind of the same way. But the man deserves his money, and I just think that the wave of the NFL is kind of shifting towards 
the quarterbacks with the skill set and abilities of a Lamar Jackson. Guys being able to run outside the pocket. Guys being able to be fast enough to extend plays. Like, he fits that mode of the modern NFL. And he puts up big numbers. So it's not like he just sitting up there, like, running a ball for 150 yards and then throwing it for 40. Like, there are times where Lamar Jackson might throw the ball and throw it for, like, 275, 300. He might have four passing touchdowns. I mean, Mark Andrews is one of the top tight ends in the league for a reason. Somebody had to be giving them the football, right? So I just think that what they're doing is mad disrespectful. And um, I just think that what they're doing um, is going to end up costing them. You know, I I don't think that they want to commit to this dude the way that he wants them to commit to him. And I can understand that teams, they they have their limits. But I don't think if you are having a conversation with Patrick Mahomes, you you taking this loan. I don't think when it comes to Josh Allen, you taking this loan. I don't think if you're having a conversation uh, with Jalen Hurts, you're taking this loan. I just think that they look at him as a gimmick. They probably won't say it to his face, or maybe they did. But I just don't think they ser- they seriously respect the talent and ability of a Lamar Jackson. But I know there's a lot of teams that do. I'm pretty sure there's a lot of teams that wish they could have it, could have a talent like Lamar Jackson. And um, I also feel like it, it's it's mad disrespectful also that you have all these teams that are just coming out saying, oh, we're not interested, we're not interested, we're not interested. And, uh, you know, I just think that I don't even think those teams are putting it out there. I think that there are agents from from the Ravens that are putting that out there, you know, to try to, you know, discredit this man, make it seem like he doesn't have a market. There's a lot of things behind the scenes that happen that people don't even realize. Like these stories get out because a lot of agents, a lot of family members, people start talking and running their mouth and loose lips start to sink ships. But I just think that what they're doing with Lamar Jackson is just mad disrespectful man this man deserves much better than the treatment the ravens have given him this man deserves his money he deserves to be paid more than deshaun watson man because you know if you look at their careers side by side i mean come on man lamar jackson has had a better career so far is there a possibility at bryce young nola buck um thank you very much for the 199 is there a chance for bryce young to nola that is not happening that is not happening that that man will be the number one overall pick or the number two pick in the nfl draft there is no way in the world that bryce young could fall to the new orleans saints like the only way that bryce young can fall to the new orleans saints if bryce young ends up walking down the street and end up getting injured or something like that, get hit by a car, end up like, you know, saying some having some type of injury or something like that. I'm just saying, like, that's the only way that um that's going to happen. Bryce Young, will, the Saints won't sniff. Like, like the, the Saints might be turning on the TV to turn, tune into the draft, and Bryce Young might already be gone, right? That That is, that is never, that is not going to happen. Like you, you gotta have like a, a monumental tragedy to happen in Bryce Young's life for the Saints to even be able to sniff this man. Seriously, uh, I understand the league's apprehension uh, about Lamar, 
there's only one running uh, quarterback in history that was still good when his legs started to go, and that was Michael Vick. Yeah, I mean, that's because Michael Vick fell into the arms of Andy Reid, which we all see Andy Reid can make, can turn uh, ish into sugar, you know what I'm saying, in, in, a, in an instant. It's not many quarterbacks that Andy Reid uh, put his hands on that don't end up getting paid somewhere or rather in the spot where he is. I mean, the, Andy Reid got Kevin Cobb paid, okay? And I know y'all remember Kevin Cobb, right? Got Kevin Cobb paid. Seriously. All, all I'm saying is, like, it, manna rained down from heaven in the form of Andy Reid to help Michael Vick. Not to say that Michael Vick wasn't talented. He was. Not to say that Michael Vick never was, like, a really good thrower of the football. He was. I'm just saying, like, if you're good, Andy Reid going to make you great. If you're great, Andy Reid going to make you elite. And if you're elite, then he going to make you a guy. And that's what Patrick Mahomes is right now in God mode. So I just think that he kind of fell into it. Now, maybe if Lamar Jackson was to fall into the lap of Andy Reid, which probably would never happen because Andy Reid probably going to be forever the coach of uh, – Patrick Mahomes until Andy decides to retire. Um, you know, I mean, something like that was to happen, then I feel like it. But well, it's going to take another special guy like uh, Andy Reid type in order to, you know, be able to use Lamar Jackson. TJ, I hate our players out earn their contracts and the teams have no problem being the beneficiaries of their talent. But all of a sudden want to have reservations when it comes to new contracts. Well, that's just the way that it goes, man. That's just the business. That's just the name of the game. Like these teams, they want everything out of you. Like, let's just be real. Like what makes them any different from your local job, right? Most of these jobs want you to work work your ass off. Excuse my French. They want you to work your behind off and they want to give you pennies, right? And if you go to them towards the end, uh, you have your yearly evaluation. They want to poke holes in how hard you work, right? Uh, you know, yeah, but, you know, there was a time where, you know, you were supposed to put this together and you didn't meet the deadline. Like, that's kind of what they do, right? Because nobody, at the end of the day, man, these folks don't want to pay you. They'd rather put that money in their pockets. So if they can find a way not to pay you, they're going to do it. They're going to do it as simple as that. So it makes it no different. But it, it, does it make it fair? Absolutely not. But we all know that old saying, life isn't fair. And it isn't fair what's happening with Lamar Jackson. But these guys are always going to look out, and by guys, I mean organizations, are always going to look out for themselves. That's why sometimes, you know, I know we like to pick on and talk about the players, but every now and then is, we might need to look at these organizations and because, man, a lot of these players ain't lying, right? And I think sometimes we take the size of the organization and we ain't looking at these players too. But these players – they're going through these situations, man. And um, it's, it's easy for us to, like, dehumanize these guys because we consider them larger than life. Ravens have no idea how to draft wide receivers. They are as bad at wide receivers as we are at drafting quarterbacks. Mm. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I think they – I mean, but, I mean, they've, they've had some guys that have that been – pretty decent you know but I, I just think that like as far as like signing guys like when they went go get Anquan Bolton I mean that was a good find 
uh, when they go out here, like, you know, they get guys who probably had success on other teams. But, yeah, I agree with you. Like, when it comes to the talent that they draft, yeah, it's, it, it's not very good. But to their defense, I think they draft a lot of players that kind of fits the mold. Well, I don't say fit the mold. But they get wide receivers that their quarterbacks can feel comfortable with, like really good route runners, right? They can, you know, they probably can get separation in five yards. That's why, like, honestly, if they were to re-sign uh, Lamar Jackson, if I was them, I would try to get Michael Thomas. I think Michael Thomas could be a really good fit for a guy like Lamar Jackson. Because Lamar Jackson, I mean, because uh, Michael Thomas, you know, is not really going to stress the field. Like, he can catch, like, some of those five-yard passes. He can get that separation. He can get off the line of scrimmage, right? I, I think that he can be a good fit. So I just think that they, like, instead of you trying to get Hollywood Brown who can stress the field, like, that's that's not that's not really Lamar Jackson's game, right? I mean, he can get the ball down the field if it's, if it's called. We've seen it. But I think he's more comfortable with, you know, you know, those guys that can run those dig routes, you know what I'm saying, those those 10-yard out routes or something like that. So I just think that they try to find a court, the the wide receivers that kind of make their quarterbacks comfortable. It was, it was the same way with Joe Flacco. Uh, we sink ships, punk. Thank you very much, to the, uh, Loose Lips, for the $2. Um, let me see. Will Taysom Hill stay in New Orleans, get traded uh, to the Grinch in Denver? Nah, I don't think so. You're not restructuring Taysom Hill's deal if you're you trying to trade him. Like, I don't see that happening. Taysom Hill is going to be here. Uh, let's see, Tajay Spears, Gibbs, Chase Brown, Robinson, hopefully one of them comes here to the Saints. This is a really good draft for a running back. If you don't draft a running back, you just didn't want to, right? If you, like, you just didn't want to draft one. Like, this is the year to me or you can find a guy that can probably make your offense much better. Mahomes ain't in God mode. There's only one uh, man in God mode, and that's your tribal chief. Show some respect, TJ. Well, no disrespect to the tribal chief, Roman Reigns, but uh, Patch Mahomes definitely is on that level, right? I mean, what are you, like 27? I mean, it's, he has a Hall of Fame career right now. Like, if if you know, Patrick Mahomes, like, I won't walk away. Like, this dude has done enough to make the Hall of Fame right now. Like, seriously. Like, that's that's how good this guy is. Uh, glad we got car, but I ain't gonna lie. <coughs> I wish Baltimore would have pulled this crap last week. I would have been on Lamar train heavy. They know what they was doing. <laughs> they know what they were doing. Uh, think it was like a 4-3. Uh, let's see. If the Saints would have drafted Lamar Jackson... Do you think Mickey Loomis would have paid him the money you want? That's a good question. That's a good question. Um, no, I don't. I don't. I don't think he would. I think he probably would have been the same situation. I think it would have been the same situation. Uh, I want us to draft Lamar out of college. Still mad we drafted Davenport. I'll never forget that. Like I said, I was at Planet Fitness. I was in, in between reps. And I was just staring at the TV because the Saints jumped up. And I'm like, man, he about to get Lamar Jackson. End up getting Marcus Davenport from UTSA. And I was like, Lord, have mercy. Like, first off, I was like, who? And then secondly, I was like, what are you doing? Like, but we see how that turned out. 
saw that speed in full effect. One thing I'll say about Gibbs, he did it in the SEC. I agree. And he he is Alvin Kamara. Like, if you see him play, like, he reminds you so much of Alvin Kamara. Michael Thomas not going anywhere. I don't. I, I can't say that comfortably. I'm not going to lie about that. I can't say that comfortably. Uh, Mahomes versus Reigns at WrestleMania 23. I'll pay to see it. Uh, maybe Pete can open up that playbook now that he has a real quarterback that isn't scared to chunk it down. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Maybe. Maybe we'll see some better uh, quarterback. Uh, I mean, I won't say quarterback play, but I will see some better decisions towards the quarterback. Watson wasn't going to Cleveland, so they got desperate and often fully guaranteed, but no running quarterback is worth a fully guaranteed contract. Too many injury odds, especially at 40 to 50 million a year. Well, look, the way that the NFL is going right now, you're going to get more and more guys like that because, look, that's how guys, that's how, you know, how the world works. You remember, like, growing up as a kid, Everybody wanted to be like them dudes on an and one mixtape, right? When we playing basketball on a blacktop, everybody used to have like the nightgown t-shirts that you used to get four for 20 from Foot Locker. Everybody was out there with they with their mecha jeans or their Jabot jeans, you know, living by the G code. And you know, you playing basketball, man. And ain't got thank God they didn't have a shot clock because everybody wanted to put the ball in their shirt and spin that thing around. Everybody wanted to come from the back with it. Right, and take a million gazillion years to put this layup up that I'm about to block across the uh, across the uh, street, right? But that's just the way that it goes. Then, you know, I mean, everybody wanted to slam dunk, right? Everybody used to get them little stupid looking shoes. They used to have the big old uh, flap on the front of the, you know, on the front of the shoe to help you jump about the gym, right? You know, everybody wanted to do that. Then all of a sudden, this light skinned kid from Davidson come along. And shooting threes from his mama house, you know what I'm saying? 50, 50 feet back. Now everybody's shooting three, right? Then all of a sudden, you know, that was, it was, you know, growing up also, if you a football fan, which all of you are, if you're watching me right now, you know that, you know, there was this kid that came from Virginia, you know, by way of Marshall, six foot four, 200 plus pounds, jumping up out the gym, catching passes over folk named Randy Mouse. Now everybody just wanted to run fly routes and wanted your best friend to throw the ball as far as you can so you can mouse the other guy, right? And then all of a sudden, it then it became, you know, guys like Marvin Harrison, guys like Chad Ochocinco. It became about the footwork. It became about the route running. Then everybody wanted to be a good route runner, right? Same way with the quarterback. They wanted you to stand tall in the pocket, don't run, don't go nowhere. Then all of a sudden, this guy from Newport News, Virginia, by way of Virginia Tech, gets drafted first pick overall in Michael Vick, not everybody running, right? So you look at the modern-day NFL right now. Lamar Jackson is wrecking the league. Deshaun Watson, you know, pending all the stuff that's going on. I'm talking about him as a player. Those guys getting out the pocket, getting busy, right? Making people miss like they running backs. And these young kids are looking at this stuff, and they want to play that way. They want to put the tinted visor on, right? They want to be able to put the, the funny-looking cleats on. They want to be able to do all these things. So I'm just telling you right now, the way the NFL is going right now, you're going to have more people like Lamar Jackson. So you're just going to have to be prepared for it. So injuries are going to occur. But you're also going to get a wave of quarterbacks that have that type of potential. So you're going to be faced with having to pay these guys 
and have to, uh, you know, find a way to, you know, make up for it if something was to happen to him. That, that's just the way that it goes, man. That's just the way the world works. The world is the NFL world is trending towards a different direction. You cannot just be a statue quarterback. Now, you ain't got to be fast as Vic or Lamar, but you got to be able to get out, out that pocket from time to time, and you got to be able to scramble. The old, the old guard is gone, right? Tom Brady was the last of the Mohegans when it comes to, like, statue quarterbacks. Now your quarterback got to be able to get up out that pocket and maybe get 20 yards if necessary. I just gave everybody just a history lesson of sports, but y'all get what I'm saying. Uh, that's my godson, the professor. <laughs> the professor. He's obviously not worth it if anybody, uh, if ain't nobody offering. Yeah, look, that. but that's the, see, that's the thing, inevitable. You know, and I think that we need to get away from that too. Like sometimes they put these narratives out here for us to say these type of things about these guys, right? Oh, if they ain't doing it, that must mean that, no, that just means that they don't want to pay them. And at the same time, they don't want to look stupid, right? They don't want to look ridiculous. they rather the player look ridiculous. The teams have the power, folks. There's only so much. Like, you got players that that follow, you know, that they, they got a following, they can get on Twitter and air out their grievances and, you know, a few people are like, yeah, they did my boy wrong. They did him wrong. But there's nothing more powerful than an organization. An organization can give you, make you look like the worst human being on the face of God's green earth. Because those, those media folk, they're going to run with it. Because they don't want to lose access to said organization. They don't. They're like the chance where you can actually call an organization and be like, you know, where well, we heard about this. What y'all got to say about this? Yeah, you know, but look, I, I would rather you kind of hold this just for a tad bit, you know, and, and like they, they're probably going to do it because they want to make sure that they continue to have access. Because if you make the organization mad, you lose that access. So the player will never be as loud as the organization. And if this organization wants you to feel or sound or seem like you ain't good enough, they will. And you're going to have a lot of people saying that. And I think that for, I think that's probably what they want to do. They want you to feel like, oh, he ain't good enough. Because that's the narrative they want to run with. And they also want to create dialogue like, how good is Lamar Jackson really? It's not fair. Please say Carr had a bad season, but it was uh, his first not in the West Coast. Uh, D was trash and locker room dysfunctional. People act like we ain't deal with that three straight seven and nine seasons with drew and sean in those dark days yeah i mean but we all know that that's just the way that it goes like we don't really focus too much on the negative especially if people giving us those positive moments and those positive moments are some of the best moments that we've ever experienced so when you do that sometimes people kind of just turn their heads and be like yeah, it happened, but, you know, at least they got us this, right? So they're not going to just sit up here and talk about the transgressions or the imperfections. They're going to minimize the, the minimize the you know, the shortcomings, and then they're going to amplify the big things, right? So that's just kind of what's going on. Yes, uh, they had seven and nine seasons, but that coach and quarterback duo gave the Saints something they never had, which was winning seasons consistently and Super Bowl championships. So that's always going to be 
you know, in the front of everybody's mind. I do agree when it comes to Derek Carr, when it's when we're talking about running a West Coast offense, Josh McDaniels did not run that. He's more like a guy you want you to stand in the pocket, right? And be able to, you know, stand strong and maybe wait for your receivers to get open and, you know, throw the ball down the field. You know, that's kind of like what I've seen, you know what I'm saying? Just going back, evaluating and looking at Derek Carr last season and seeing what went wrong. Just, you know, you didn't have the offensive line for that. The receivers couldn't get open and you was getting killed. And all besides Devontae Adams, like who else were you trusting? And it also just made other guys that you had a rapport with and a chemistry with take steps back as well. So uh, one reason the Saints wanted Carr is because his entire career, he has operated in the West Coast offense until last season until John McDaniel, Saints running West Coast system. Yeah, and he's really good at it. And um, I think he'll be more comfortable with that, you know, because the West Coast, it's not asking you to, you know, bombs over Baghdad, you know, as they say. Uh, it, it, it's more like short and immediate throws, three-step drops for the most part, you know, like getting the ball out your hands pretty quickly. And that's the reason why Derek Carr has been so accurate over the last couple of years, you know, because of the fact that he has run that West Coast offense. And um, that that's where he feels comfortable. And I can understand it. Uh, well, if they want him, uh, they're going to have to come up uh, two picks, uh, two first round picks. I think he's worth it. I'm serious. I, I think I think Lamar Jackson is worth. It. That may sound crazy, but I think he's worth. It. Like, I don't I, look. Lamar Jackson is a, a elite quarterback, and if once if if Josh Allen was having a problem with the Buffalo Bills right now, and they like, it's gonna take two first round picks to get him. <clears throat> Guess what? <laughs> a team gonna give up two first round picks. I look at Josh Allen the same way I look at Lamar Jackson. Now, you can say that like they they do things too in two different ways, but the outcome is pretty much the same. They still win, right? I just think that people just look at what a quarterback is supposed to be, and they look at Lamar as like you're not that. But I look at him in the same regards as I look at Josh Allen. And I don't feel like, oh, just, you know, just because, you know, Josh Allen is who he is, you know, I, I look, I look at Lamar Jackson the same way. Lamar Jackson is worth two first round picks, you know, to come to your team. And I'm pretty sure teams, if you, if you give them a little bit of that Jesus juice <laughs> and you had this conversation with them at, at, and talked about this, I guarantee you that they would confess that they would give up those two first round picks. Lamar wants a, a, a fully guaranteed contract. He hasn't finished the past two seasons. So, you know, so, so what? Like, he's still good. He's still elite. Look, Josh Allen has never won league MVP, right? Uh, Joe Burrow, as much as I like him, has never won league MVP. Went to the Super Bowl, but ain't never won league MVP. Like, that, that means something. Right, that that mean that absolutely means something. I don't even think like, Joe Burrow. I don't even think Joe Burrow has ever been an All Pro, has he? I could be wrong, but I don't think so. But Lamar Jackson had, you know. So all I'm saying is, we can easily try to poke holes in this guy's game and try to make it seem like this dude ain't good enough. But we wasting our time. This guy is really good, right? And like I said, the only reason why we having this conversation is because the Ravens are having this conversation. There's there's certain things to me that are no-brainers. And Lamar Jackson getting his money should be a no-brainer. Like, 
we can we can all sit up here and, and, and come up with ways why we 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 could we could not pay anybody if you want to be honest like but I look at I look at Lamar Jackson in the same light I look at Josh Allen. They play the position a little bit differently, but the result is pretty much the same. So if you're going to not think twice about paying Josh Allen, I feel the same way you shouldn't think twice about paying Lamar Jackson. Uh, look at Carr, win-loss record, when defense hold to 24 or less. In his nine years, he won uh, two-thirds of his games. League average was uh, 23 allowed. Shows how little support he got. Look, I'm not sitting – look, I don't know how anybody can look at the garbage that has played the quarterback position for the New Orleans Saints over the last couple of years and sit up here and fix their mouth to have a problem with Derek Carr. Like, you got to be out your freaking mind. Like, seriously. Like, who do you want? Like, who who do you actually want? I mean, it, this, this quarterback room has been trash. Seriously. It has not given us as fans – what we desire to see. And finally, the Saints, you know, they get somebody that's pretty stable, you know, pretty durable throughout his career, and we got a problem with that? Like, come on, man. Like, I, I don't understand that. Like, I'm not I'm not saying Derek Carr going to lead the Saints to the Super Bowl. I do not know. But the Saints are a better offense today with this dude on his football team. And I don't understand, like, how anybody can fix their mouth like, as trash as this team has been, I, and we still sitting up here talking about what this dude did and how he couldn't do this with the Raiders, and, man, miss me with all that, man. It's, gonna, it's, it's a hard sell. Like, seriously, for those out there, it is a hard sell to convince a logical-thinking Saints fan that Derek Carr doesn't give you a better chance to win than what we had over the last two and a half years. It's a hard sell. And it, it ain't even worth talking about. It ain't worth talking about. You can talk about the dude imperfections. You can talk about, oh, he had this, that, and the third, and it just didn't work out. The Saints are a better offense today that this dude has signed his name on the dotted line to be the starter of the New Orleans Saints. Rather you like it or not, this dude has completed 64% of his passes. This guy's generated 33 fourth-quarter comebacks, Right? He has more touchdowns to interceptions in his career, right? And he's considered top 15 among his position. That sounds pretty doggone good to me versus having a hope and pray that the quarterbacks that we had on the team can get the ball into the hands of the receivers at all. I will take it. I will take it today. And I don't understand, like, why anybody's still sitting up here having this debate. Like, who do you, who do you see out there that's going to give you a better chance of winning that you can actually obtain, right? That you don't have to jump through hoops. That's free. That's free right now. No baggage, no nothing that you ain't got to give up no draft pick for. Cause keep in mind, the saints didn't have to give up absolutely nothing for them. Ain't no team getting no draft picks. Ain't no team getting no players. They got nothing. It just was Derek Carr. Let's make a deal. We got the deal done. He's our quarterback. Like, don't give me Lamar Jackson. Don't give me Aaron Rodgers, guys that you're going to have to jump through hoops and give away your future or a part of your future to obtain. This was the best that they had to offer. You may not like it. Once again, <laughs> they, but how the NWO say is rather you like it or you don't. It's the best thing going today. And right now, Derek Carr was the best thing going, and the Saints got him. So 
What I mean, are you concerned about the South? As of right now, the Saints got the best quarterback in the South. Heck, if you want to be technical about it, the Saints may have one of the top five best quarterbacks in the NFC. Who in the NFC you can think of that then you give five names that's better than Derek Carr? Let's go, let's go through the NFC North. Kirk Cousins. You, you Kirk Cousins, do you think he's better? I don't. Um, Justin Fields, like him, but I don't think he's better. Jared Goff has some good moments, but I don't think he's better. Aaron Rodgers, okay, that's one. Let's go, let's go to the East. Dak Prescott. I don't think so. Sam Howell. I don't think so. I mean, Daniel Jones. I mean, they still talking about, man, like that was the biggest mistake the Giants ever made. I mean, come on, let's 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 do this. Jalen Hurts, that's another one. That's two. You know what I'm saying? As of right now, let let's go to the South. Desmond Ritter, no. Nope. Uh, Kyle Trask, no. Sam Donald, come on, like come on, man, like let let's let's be real. Let's go to the West. Matthew Stafford, you can make an argument for that. I'll be who who Brock Purdy had some good moments. Still, still, the jury is still out. Geno Smith, one good year doesn't dissolve like you've been in the league for 10. So what are we doing here? As of right now, you have to put this dude as one of the top five best quarterbacks in the NFC. So what are we doing here? Like, why are we tearing down a guy that's making that could possibly make our organization better and give us better moments than we had last season? Like I literally have to have energy drinks to stay awake at some watching some of these Saints games, and finally we get a quarterback that can possibly get the ball into the hands of some guys and give these guys some all pro, uh, some all pro type seasons, Pro Bowl potential type seasons. Like I, I don't understand the angle. I, I see people going back and forth about Derek Carr, like based on like, come on, man, seriously. I'm not saying this dude the second coming of Joe Montana, hell, even Drew Brees, but man, you know, like, how can how can you fix your mouth? Like, seriously, man, that, to me, this is like this is like somebody that's been starving, right? You hungry, like, man, your stomach growling, man, your, your stomach, the front of your stomach almost hitting the back of your, you know, hitting your back. Then all of a sudden, somebody come up and be like, hey, man, I, I got this sandwich for you right here. And then you hit him with a Miss Jerry. I don't eat no damn tuna and slam it on the ground. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> what? Like you starving. You know what I'm saying? Like if you ain't got no allergic reaction to the tuna. Smells real good. It's fresh. They just opened the can. Why not eat it? If you've been starving like Marvin. What are we doing? That's all I want to know, man. What, what, what are we doing? TJ, you was the uh, the combine. Which rookie quarterback do you like, man? I'll be honest with you, man. So many of the guys. Um, let me see. Uh, Clayton Toon from Houston. He was pretty cool. Like like the confidence that he had in himself. I like I like his answer when he talk about coming in and learning. You know he he you know um, Will Levis uh, showed a little bit of his personality. Showed that he was a little bit funny. Uh, Bryce Young probably was the best, man. Bryce Young stood up there, answered all the questions, and you knew for a fact 
that you know people like was going to try to eat him alive, man. But he came out there virtually unscathed. Um, I was also impressed with Anthony Richardson. He had a really good press conference. Um, C.J. Stroud, you know, just just behind the scenes, like just seeing him. You know what I'm saying? Like when well, ain't nobody was really paying that much attention. Like I seen him like off to the side, you know, taking pictures with people as he, he walked by. You know, he was candid with his time when people wanted to talk to him. It, it was pretty, you know what I'm saying? It was pretty good to watch. So all those guys were like doing the right thing. So as far as like, you know, just somebody that stood out, probably was Clayton Toon, you know, because I, I just like the fact that, you know, the answer that he gave, he wasn't trying to come in like, like he about to take the lead by stone. You know, like sometimes you got to be humble and know and know where you are in order for you to get where you need to be. So, yeah, that's at, that's at the end of the day, right? Uh, anything better than Dalton, uh, eat the tuna, you know, you hungry. It, it like, exactly, exactly, man. How can you just sit up here? You ain't got options, you know, and the options that you have is pretty bad. It's rather that, uh, you know, you can probably try to get that old, you know, dried up sandwich that some, maybe somebody didn't want at the back, you know, in the alley somewhere. Like who, who wants that? What are your thoughts about the wide receiver situation for my team in the next season? If Michael Thomas is going to come back in the original, uh, wide receiver position, offense side of the field, TJ. Well, look, I think that the based on what I've seen over the last couple of years, you can never have too much talent at the wide receiver position if you are the New Orleans Saints. So if you can find ways to try to beef it up just a little bit, even if it's guys sometimes they may not be able to get the ball or you might have a little bit too much depth, I'd rather have too much than not enough. And the way that it looks, you might have to call on those guys around week five, week six, if history has taught us anything uh i agree that we are better now than last year but are we super bowl team uh probably not and with our cap situation we won't be a super bowl contender for a while well look here's the thing all right are are you willing to sit up here and and have these type of conversations and team be uh sorry and be two and 15 three and 14 then you sitting up here wor- you know, worrying about the future of the team as a whole. Man, this team ain't competitive enough. Let's get these bums out of here. Let's get rid of this, that, and the third. Man, look, I- I'm a general. I like to be happy. Seriously. I-, I like to be happy. I like to smile. I like to be, you know, I like to be in a good mood, right? And watching this team on Sunday does not put me in a good mood on Monday, right? Are we talking about, well, well, we gonna win a Super Bowl. Well, here's the here's the here's another question. Who's to say that if you play like slow, get so bad that you can draft the Caleb Williams that you'll be a Super Bowl contender? Why? Because Mel Kiper told you. Why? Because Ty McShay told you. How many times have we seen quarterbacks that's supposed to be the real deal Holyfield and never end up panning out? Rather they get hurt. Rather, the, the media gets, uh, you know, uh, the whole of them and they lose their confidence. There are so many different elements that go that could happen, right? So if you're looking for and leaning on next year when there's a possibility of you actually having a chance, like here's the thing. Nobody is guaranteed to win a Super Bowl. If you was to ask a Philadelphia Eagles fan, the year before the Philadelphia Eagles just showed they face in the Super Bowl, can Jalen Hurts lead your team to the Super Bowl? Most of them would probably hit the Bishop Bow Winkle and say, Hell no, to the no, 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 hell to the no.
That's what they'll say to you. They will say no, no chance, right? But look at him. But look what happened. This man played so good. This man should have been up. This man could have won league MVP, right? So you never, you never know. You never know, man. So I, I had a like I had the episode what day before yesterday about can he lead the Saints to the Super Bowl? If you're asking me, can Derek Carr lead the Saints to the Super Bowl? My answer to you once again would be Bishop Owen. Hell no, to the no, 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 hell to the no. But if you put a team around Derek Carr, then I do feel like you can get there, right? I mean, we just look at elite quarterback play. I'm going to continue to say this until everybody understands what I'm saying. We look at elite quarterbacks and we put our quarterbacks up against that elite talent. And we just think that if the quarterback don't look like Burrow, if it don't look like Mahomes, if it don't look like Allen, then we have nothing and we have no chance. But we have seen quarterbacks who have been mediocre, C-plus players, get their teams to the Super Bowl because they have a really good defense, because they got a pass rush, because they got a running game. We have seen this. Now, I don't know if we're using a neuralizer that they used on Men in Black to erase our memories, but my memory shows that Nick Foles a couple years ago was in the Super Bowl. A couple years even further back, you had Trent Dilfer up in that thing. You had Brad Johnson up in that thing, and he won. You had Rich Gannon out there, even though Rich Gannon, you know what I'm saying, was pretty decent one league MVP. But all I'm saying is you had Rex Grossman in the Super Bowl. Come on now, folks. You had Matthew Stafford, who people called Stat Pafford, right? You know, like Rob Rod Parker called his man Stat Pafford out there in Detroit because he just felt like he just got all these yards in garbage time. Jake DeLone, thank you, Barbara. All these guys, we have grown accustomed to believing that if it ain't Mahomes, if it ain't Burrow, if it ain't Allen, we ain't got nothing. Derek Carr, with his skill set, his ability, and his talent, along with other elements that the New Orleans Saints have, can get to the big game. Once again, a couple minutes ago, I named off some teams in the NFC. What team in the NFC scares you to a point that you feel like the Saints cannot beat? The Minnesota Vikings had 12 victories last year, right? And the Saints were like a 60-plus yard kick from possibly beating them, right? I mean, come on, man. The 49ers. The 49ers were looking real good into the NFC Championship game where they didn't have a quarterback. The Saints only allowed them to have 13 points. Not the Saints' defense fault that Andy Dalton couldn't get the ball into the end zone, and, and when he had opportunities, the wide receivers couldn't catch it. All I'm saying is, who in the NFC who has been some world beaters or dominant or flexed a muscle last season that you're not comfortable enough with a decent or above-average quarterback that the Saints can't go in along with that defense to beat? Please, I'll give you a minute. There isn't. The Saints can be in this thing if they play their cards right. So if we have that thinking like, well, can he lead us to the Super Bowl? Well, 
if we're talking about the quarterback being the most important position on the field, yeah, he'll lead the Saints to the Super Bowl. But it will be other elements around him to help him get to that point. You get what I'm saying? Like, football is a team sport. I don't understand why people talk about football like it's basketball. If you got LeBron James and KD on your team, more than likely you going to the finals. If you got KD, Steph Curry, and Klay Thompson on your team, more than likely you going to the finals. If everything happens the way that the Phoenix wants it to, if KD can, I don't know, maybe not twist an ankle in warm-ups, maybe if the, the mop guy can mop up the flow, maybe Phoenix can find themselves in the finals, right? With Devin Booker, Chris Paul, and KD, right? And then you got Aiden out there as well. So it's not like basketball, where if you have two or three stars, you can get there. Football is a team sport. That's the reason why Buffalo can wreck shop during the regular season. And then when it's nut cutting time against the Cincinnati Bengals, the Cincinnati Bengals can beat them. Remember that, folks. It's not just about, oh, I, I, I got this quarterback. Because if that's the case, the Saints should have been in the Super Bowl every year. The Saints had the most prolific quarterback in NFL history on their team for 15 years. They've had, at the time of his retirement, the all-time leading passer in NFL history on their team. Before, you know, what, during the time, uh, well, at least when he retired. Those were his stats. The touchdown leader, when he retired. So if we want to talk about numbers, we want to talk about elite, why are we sitting up here with one Super Bowl championship? There were times with Drew Brees, you know what I'm saying, like facilitated four-quarter comebacks. And there were other elements around him. Marcus Williams missing a tackle, right? Referees not calling pass interference. So there you go. It's not always just about how talented a quarterback is. You need other elements around you in order for you to get to that ultimate goal, which is the Super Bowl. Okay, TJ, I'm going to quit being so pissed about Carr, but you got to give me time for the stew. I'm, um, I'm in to cool off. Look, I'm not <clears throat> I'm not telling everybody to buy into Derek Carr. Like, still, it, it's still on some St. Louis stuff, right? It's on some St. Louis-ish. You got to show me. I get it. But don't let it be to a point where you don't understand or don't see that this is the best situation the Saints have had <laughs> For a minute at the quarterback position, no disrespect to Jameis Winston at all. All I'm saying is they, they're better. They're in a better situation. They have a chance because this dude is their quarterback. All, all, that's all I'm saying. Like, they're better. They're, they're better. It, it's, it's almost like, to me, it's like going to the store with a six-foot-eight guy and you're like, Man, that, that shelf, man, that's kind of high on the shelf, and he just grabbed it, right? You know what I'm saying? It's like that's that's where we at right now. Like, it's it's the it's the convenience of it right now. The convenience is he's a good quarterback. So let's just be, you know, let's be happy about that. And we ain't talking about who gonna be the starter this year, uh Taysom Hill or uh Andy Dalton, but we know Jameis Winston about like, come on, man. This is much better conversation to have. Then having a conversation like, are the Saints really going to give Taysom a chance and if they're going to sign back Andy Dalton? I'm good. But thank you all so much for checking out the State of the Saints podcast. 
I really do appreciate it. Shouts out to everybody that commented. Thank you to everybody uh, that, uh, you know, gave me their thoughts, their views. Really do appreciate it. Be sure to subscribe to the channel. Make sure you hit the like button on your way out. Previous episodes available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Anchor FM. And also, uh, you can check me out on Twitter if you want to follow me on Twitter at TJAYJones8. Y'all have a great morning, noon, night, whenever you're checking out this podcast. And like always, all I got to say is, who that?